Our text this morning is from Psalm 62. You'll find that on page 479 in the Bible in the chair in front of you. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him, like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. Salah. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people, pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us, Salah. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of a high estate are a delusion. And the balances they go up, they are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion, set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice I've heard this. That power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love, for you will render to a man according to his work. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to Thank you, Olivia. Uh, you may be seated. Welcome uh, for all of you that are visiting us today, and uh, if you're just joining us, if you're new to Grace or just here visiting, um, checking us out, you have joined us in the middle of a summer series, sermon series, that we are uh, doing on the uh, selected Psalms throughout the, the book, of the so uh, book of Psalms. And so this morning, we are going to be looking at Psalm 62, as we just read. Um, and as I was preparing for this sermon this morning, or this morning, <laughs> as I was preparing for this sermon <laughs> 10 minutes ago, no, just kidding. Um, I actually... Uh, had a lot of time this week to really sit in Psalm 62, and because of that, um, I really realized I had two different sermons that I was trying to fit into one 30-minute sermon or whatever it is that we do here at Grace, and uh, instead of that, I decided this is what we're going to do. We're going to look at Psalm 62 from two different vantage points, uh, one vantage point this Sunday. Next week, uh, I'll be preaching again, and we're going to look back at Psalm 62. So we're going to be... He we're going to be in this psalm for the next two weeks, okay? So Psalm 62, um, the next two weeks, hopefully it will be beneficial for us. We'll get to know it more and more than even just a fly-by one-week sermon. Um, if you knew me well, you would know that I am not a sci-fi fantasy buff. If you knew me well, you knew that. And that would even be an exaggeration to call me not even a sci-fi fantasy buff. Uh, I have nothing wrong with it, nothing wrong with the genre. I don't mind it. It's fine. It's just not my cup of tea. I don't get down with sci-fi fantasy for entertainment. But I have plenty of people that do. And because for gospel purposes, I am going to use a sci-fi illustration this morning uh, because it fits to what I think David is writing here in Psalm 62. And so here it is. Um, has anybody ever heard of or maybe seen the movie The Matrix? Just kidding. That's a joke. Everybody's probably heard of The Matrix. Okay, legendary 90s movie um, starring the one and only Keanu Reeves. Uh, you might know him from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, from Speed, Speed 2. Um, 
So Morpheus, played by Lawrence Fishburne, is having a conversation with Keanu Reeves, with Neo. And, um, and, and if you haven't seen the movie, you probably at least know this part. Me not being a big sci-fi guy, I at least remember this part of the movie. He presents him with two pills. There's a, there's a uh, red pill and there's a blue pill. And he tells him to make a choice. If he chooses the red pill, he will um, unlock... Uh, and, and find out this, what could be unsettling, but be a life-changing truth that he would now know. If he chooses the blue pill, he would just stay contented to be kind of ignorant of this life-changing truth. Nothing would change. He would just go on with life. And, and spoiler alert, he doesn't choose the blue pill. The movie would have ended there. It would have been over. It would have been more like the Matrix commercial. Um, okay, there would have been no plot. But, uh, so he chooses the red pill and he finds out this life-changing news. And, and then, of course, the movie begins into that. In Psalm 62, when we are looking at what David has written down in this psalm, he gives us a similar picture of two different choices of how we live our lives. Um, as I said, we're going to look at this through uh, two different vantage points. One, this week, we are going to focus mostly on us as people, you and I, human beings. How do we live in this world? What, what does the world's standards look like to live by apart from God? If we choose to live in the world, this is what, what it looks like for us apart from God, okay? We're going to focus on us and, and kind of humankind this week. Next week, we're going to focus on the character of God that we see in this text. We're going to focus on how God interacts with us, not only now, but forever, as we see from what, what David writes in Psalm 62. So we won't touch on every verse this morning, but we, are, we will, uh, between the two weeks, we, we will look at both aspects. So as we look at it this morning, the picture of, of this, of focusing on ourselves, is I want to draw our attention to two different ways for us to live. One, abiding in Christ. The other, living apart from Christ and living within the standards of this world. What, what our heart desires apart from Jesus, okay? Those are gonna be the two things. Those are the two choices, in a sense, that I feel like David is putting forward in this psalm and saying, um, what will you live like? What, what will you live uh, into? Where will your focus on life be? And so the question this morning that I want you to have in your mind as we're going through this text together, the question this morning is this, where are you placing your trust? Okay, I'm going to ask you to be courageous this morning and take an honest, authentic look in your life at your choices, at your beliefs, at your decisions and ask the question, where am I placing my trust? Okay? Am I placing my trust in the standards and ways of the world? And we'll get to more of that in just a moment. Or am I placing my trust as I live in this world in the work of Christ? Where am I placing my trust? Uh, because where we focus really does matter in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, and so with that, let's jump into this first part, this first choice that we have before us. Um, our focus in, in when our focus is on this world, is living by the standards of this world, 
is choosing to live apart from Christ, is choosing to live out of the desires of our heart without any warrant for God's love or power in creation. Okay? The first thing we see is that this world operates in a very, with very different values than, the, than how God operates. Um, one of the references that I was studying this week as we, I was looking at Psalm 62 boiled it down to this. If we, took the, if we took what the world focuses on, what we would focus on apart from Christ, what our heart naturally desires, to boil it down, we would focus on power and we would focus on privilege and we would focus on possessions. We would focus on power, privilege, and possessions. That's where we would naturally go. It would be, apart from God, our heart desires to build our own brand, in a sense. To move further up in our power, our prestige, our authority. To move further up in a way that we show this power, this prestige, this authority is also by, by our possessions by growing in possessions, by owning more, by having more, by flaunting more. It, it's, a, it's a sign that we have arrived or that we are growing in the right direction of what the world's standards would say is life. Look at verse 3 and 4 with me. Verse 3 says this, How long will all of you attack a man to batter him? Like a leaning wall or a tottering fence, um, a little study on those, uh, those idioms right there that are, that are placed there in verse 3. A modern-day idiom for those last two would be, how long will you kick a man when he's down? So it reads, how long will you attack a man to batter him? How long will you kick him when he's on the ground? They only plan to thrust him down from, these high place, from the high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths. But inwardly, they curse. When we are living in choice one, when we are choosing to live out of our own desires, when we are choosing to live apart from Christ, we are naturally trying to build power and position. We're naturally trying to build possessions. And what it leads to, the consequences, is what David is facing right here from those that are persecuting him and that are coming after him. And you and I face the same things in our lives. Let me rephrase some of the things that are said. We're constantly watching our backs for someone else trying to creep up and take the position that we have. When we have success, we're not able to enjoy it because we're constantly worried about somebody coming and derailing us. We're, we're not able to uh, focus on what we're doing because our focus is planned on someone else worried about plotting against us. We're lied to. We, we experience people being two-faced with us. In verse 4, we see that as they say something that we want to hear and then against us, they talk about our weaknesses or exploit the things that, that they don't like about us. These are the things that we live in in this world, and these are the ways that we live when we are away from Christ, when we are deciding that we are not going to abide in living life in this world with the Lord. And the reality is this doesn't have an age restriction. This is something that we experience from when we were younger all the way up until 
old, old, old that we get is that we always have these insecurities that we are dealing with in this world of worrying about people being two-faced, of worrying about people lying to us, of worrying about people plotting against us, of worrying about people taking our position or robbing us of the success that we feel like we've earned. There's no age restriction to it. These are the consequences of living in a life, choosing to live in a life that is apart from, from God. And the reality is this, friends, is not only are we on the receiving end of these kind of things, we are also on the giving end of this. We are both the ones that are lied to and we are the ones that lie to others. We are both the ones that are two-faced, be uh, action towards us and then being two-faced to others. We're guilty of being jealous. We're guilty of desiring something that's not ours. We're guilty of figuring out how we can subtly plot around to get what we want that someone else has. There's no age restriction, whether you're a teenager in here or an adult or you're a kindergartner in here. The human heart desires these things apart from God. Why? Because it's a, it's a world of building your own power and building your own possessions to, to multiply them greater, greater, and greater. Look at verse 9 with me. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances, they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Looking at uh, R.C. Sproul's study Bible this week, as he's looking at this verse, he begins to contemplate that right here, David is understanding that his persecutors do not have the power that they think they have over him. Read it again. Those are... Uh, those of low estate are but a breath. That word breath is the same Hebrew word that's used in the book of Ecclesiastes. And if you've read that book, you know that the word that repeats, it's translated into English, into this word that repeats over and over, meaningless. Okay? So those of low estate are meaningless. Those of high estate are delusion. Uh, we live in this option one of building our power and building our possessions. And the reality that David is giving us in verse nine is this realization that even though you mentally think that you have power, you are delusional. Why? Because you can't control what happens a minute from now, an hour from now, a day from now, a year from now. We are powerless. We are powerless. Man is here one day and gone the next. The one of low estate is meaningless. David is understanding that the powers that are coming against him in this psalm and the experiences that he is going through, he's realizing that it's all meaningless apart from God's power. And the truth is, you and I are meaningless apart from God as well. That's a hard pill to swallow in our day and age. But the truth is, we are meaningless until someone who is meaningful gives us purpose and value. We were created by the one who is meaningful, the one who, who is the definition of meaningful, the one who is the all in all. He gave us value. He gave us a purpose. And that's why we stand here with meaning today. 
because of the value that God has given us, not because of what we've done or what we've earned or what we've succeeded in or what we own or what we, the power that we've assumed in life or in a company or in relationships, but in because of God's generosity to us to give us life, creation, breath, purpose, value. So the question has to come, so if I'm living in option one, if I'm choosing to live in this world apart from God, you have to ask the question, where does my hope come from? Where do I hope? Because if we boil it down, if we summarize option one of living in this world apart from God, it summarizes in something like everyone dies, everyone loses, Everyone is defeated by death. All your things will go to a landfill and perish. All your things will vanish. Failure is not the only option here, or failure is the only option here because all things will fade. All things will vanish. They're meaningless apart from the one that holds it all together. So let's switch gears. Let's move from our focus on this world and, and that focus being power and possessions, building our brand, building our life here, focusing on us and, and growing what our influence and prestige and all the different things of what our, our lifestyle could be here apart from God. And let's focus on what would life look like in option two, life in Christ. Life in Christ as we live here. Making Christ our focus. In contrast to the, first, uh, to the first option, power and possessions, the Gospel Transformation Study Bible says this, the hope of believers, believers, those who have trusted in the work of Christ, those who, um, maybe your Bible says, abide or remain in Christ, those who focus their lives and trust in the work of Jesus, the dying on the cross as our substitute for our sin, the conquering death by raising and through the resurrection, and now living for us, representing us. That's what this word believers is holding. It says the hope of believers is eternally secure because their honor and riches are safely stored in heaven. The world's desire our heart's desire by the world's standards is to build power and to build possessions for this life and this life alone. The life in Christ, living and abiding in Christ, is building what the Transformation Bible says is honor and riches stored away in heaven for a life to come. Jesus says in Matthew 6, this might be familiar to you, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Why? Because moth and rust will destroy. And where thieves, they'll break in and they'll steal. But instead, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. We are building lives into something. You and I, 
whether, what choice, whatever choice we choose that David is laying out between a life that is apart from Christ or a life that's in Christ. And like I said, next week we're going to focus more and more on that life in Christ that David speaks of in, in uh, many of the verses we haven't used yet. But we are building up a life. It is either here, power and possessions by the world's standards, or it's even by Jesus' own words, um, riches and honor that are kept, treasures that are kept in heaven, secure and safe by him. Where there is no uh, coming from the bottom trying to take what's on top, or there is no two-faced, or there is no lying. There is no plotting against you. So we know that, that the work of Christ um, gives us an eternal destiny. We just saw what Jesus said, treasures in heaven. But how does it uh, affect our lives? How does it bring us um, security? How does it give us a way to live now, today, uh, July 17, 2022? Again, the Gospel Transformation Study Bible says this, true faith is not only bolstered by a strong God, it is emboldened by his love. We need not only strength for our wills, but fuel for our emotions. We're going to talk more about this, like I said, next week, but this is kind of an uh, entry into our sermon next week, is we have to understand that God, and I want you to hear this this morning, we have to understand that God Almighty loves you and me. It's not a throwaway statement. It's not a quick, love you, see you, bye. It is an intentional, relational desiring of, of God Almighty to love you and draw you to himself. Scripture tells us that God is love. It's not, it's not a percentage of love that he has out of the whole pie of love. He is love. The very small percentage of love that we show each other is, 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 a, is a sliver of the pie of, of, of love. God is the whole pie of love. And I want you to hear this this morning because for us to understand what's the difference of living and choosing option one and choosing option two is, is cemented in the reality that God has chosen to love you. All of your blisters, all of your warts, all of your flaws, all of your shortcomings, all of your poor decisions, God has chosen to love you past, present, and future. And he proves it to us through the work of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 11 in the beginning of verse 12. Once... God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God and that you, O Lord, belong steadfast love. All power and completeness belongs to God, which is reason enough to choose option two and to live within this world that he has given us alongside of him. But he also chooses to give us his steady, never-ending love. And that love changes us. That love changes us. It changes us for eternity, as we saw 
with Jesus in Matthew 6, saying that we're building up treasures, uh, that the gospel transformation Bible said that, that it's giving us honor and riches are what we're building up in heaven and it's protected by the Lord. But it also changes us now as we operate in this world where people are choosing to live in option A and option B. And we're, we're, we're going through the same struggles that David is in this psalm of people attacking him, battering him, kicking him while he's down, plotting against him, lying to him, being two-faced. You and I experience this in life. We experience this not only out of the house, we can experience it with family members. We can experience it with friendships. It's not only a school thing or a work thing. But as we abide in Christ's love and we understand his power, our lives are changed. And we begin to become truth tellers because of Christ abiding in us. We are loved our, our treasure is secure in heaven. There's no need for me to feel like I have to lie to get what I want here. God's in control. We go from being two-faced to being genuine people that are authentic, that we say what we mean and we mean what we say, and we say truth with love to the person and away from the person. We go from tearing others down to celebrating others' success. We can be happy for other people when they surpass us. Why? Because the gospel tells us that our treasure is not going to be getting a certain position or place or power or possession here. The gospel tells us that our possessions, our treasure, our glory, our honor, our riches have been purchased for us by Christ and he's keeping them safe for us in heaven. And so because like David, we see that apart from God, everything is meaningless. We no longer are living for our power and possessions, but instead we're living for honor and our riches that are in heaven that Jesus has secured for us. This is the gospel, is that you and I come into this world and even, uh, even in a, a real way of daily choice, we make decisions to follow the ways of the world or we make decisions to abide in Christ. We wake up every morning with a clean slate in Christ. We wake up every morning um, where we have the ability to choose Christ. Will we do that perfectly? No, we won't. We're going to fail. We're going to find ourselves at times in camp A, and we're going to go, that's not where I live anymore. I need to go back to camp B. And graciously, God has forgiven us in Christ and has made the way back for us. Constantly, as we repent and ask forgiveness, he's faithful to forgive. He's faithful. Jesus' blood has no limit. It has washed us clean. But today, as we go make real decisions, we know if we're in Christ, we are washed clean, live a life in this world that is abiding in Christ. Drink the grace when, when, when you sin and when you fall short 
and drink the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness that Christ has provided for us, but continue to live in the glory and the goodness of God. If you find yourself in Camp A this morning, in the first choice, living in this life by the world's standards apart from God, I plead with you, consider where this life is leading. We summarized it. It has no life everlasting. There's an end date. It expires. Your power falls short. It's delusional. Your possessions run out and break and fade away. We know this because we experience death in our own lives. My, my, my hope is that you would hear the gospel that God is bringing you, calling you in to come and trust Jesus and receive this new life. Receive this forgiveness of life. Receive the washing clean and the everlasting life represented by Jesus by the washing clean of your sin. And this morning, I want to close with this last question. We asked it in the beginning of the sermon. The question of the morning is this. Where are you placing your trust? What is your life's focus? Let's pray. Lord, we praise you for this morning. We praise you, Lord, that, um, that you have given us your word. We praise you, Lord, that that even in Psalm 62, there is more than one message for us to even pull out, Lord. But this focus this week on us, on where we're placing our trust, on, on are we deciding to live in this world by the ways of the standards of what this world desires, or are we living in this world by the standards and the, the ways that you desire for us? Lord, I pray, Father, that you would bring the gospel to our hearts in our failures, when we see that we are living uh, in ways that do not honor you, Lord, I pray you would bring uh, your forgiveness, your grace, your mercy, and we would, we would um, soak in the grace and mercy that you've provided for us. Your, your mercy and grace is more than enough. But Lord, I also pray if we do not know you, Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you would move in our hearts and bring the truth of the gospel, of everlasting life, of forgiveness of sin, of becoming into a right relationship, and uh, a righteous relationship with you once more. Lord, that you would bring that to our hearts. Allow us to wrestle with you, Lord. Draw us close to you. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.